everyone. Happy New Year and welcome back to another episode of the Hello Sydney podcast, a podcast for horror lovers where we discuss any and all things horror. It's me, your girl, Sydney. Happy 2024, everybody. We've made it. I don't know about you guys, but everything since 2020 has basically been a blur. I have no idea how we got here so quickly. So considering it's the first episode of 2024 and considering time seems like an absolute fucking loop of nothingness and just an illusion. I don't know. Am I the only one that feels that way? But regardless, I decided to make an episode today about a movie that is just an absolute time loop mind fuck. And I am talking about Triangle from 2009, which is a personal favorite. Um, I feel like I've said basically every movie I've covered thus far is a personal favorite, but obviously I'm only going to cover the movies I like on here. So let me be. Now, this movie to me is incredibly underrated. And the first time I watched it, honestly, I was like, what the actual fuck did I just watch? And it didn't take, it took me like a few times to actually like kind of develop a theory and understand what was going on. So if you're one of those people sitting there and you're like, hey, I watched it and I still don't know what the fuck is going on. This episode is for you because we're going to completely break it down. I'm going to talk about some theories that I have. And then I'm going to talk about like, the whole purpose of the time loop that she's stuck in. This is one of those movies like As Above, So Below, if you listen to my episode on that, I really think that like having a deeper understanding of this movie and all the intricacies of the plot really helps you to better appreciate it. I'm not saying that you're not gonna like this movie if you don't understand it, but it's just gonna help out. So again, I've already said this one is an absolute mind fuck, so you're gonna have to stay with me. I promise at the end it will all make sense, I think. I don't know, we'll see. So without further ado, let's just jump right the fuck into it. Here we go. So Triangle is about this woman named Jess, and the opening scene is of Jess hugging her son, and he's crying. You could tell he's upset, and she's telling him like, it's okay. You just had a bad dream. You know, like when I have a bad dream, I just close my eyes and I think of my eyes and I think of something nice, like basically a typical morning with your child that just had a bad dream. So now it's showing their process. They're getting ready to go somewhere. Jess is outside. They're in a normal neighborhood. She's getting her son, whose name is Tommy, ready. She's doing laundry and she's telling Tommy, like, hurry up. I can't be late. Um, and then it shows this image of her cleaning up this spilled paint that Tommy must have spilled because we saw him painting and she gets it on her dress. So now she's all frustrated because she has to go change and she hears somebody ring the doorbell. But when she goes to the door, nobody's out there. And she looks at the neighbor who's outside and says, did you see somebody ring my doorbell? And he says, no. So whatever, weird. But she moves on. She goes and she changes because again, her dress that she was wearing now has paint on it. And there's a scene where she's kind of fighting with Tommy and she's telling Tommy like, look, everything is exactly as it is. Like there's nothing to worry about. And at this point we can tell that Tommy's autistic. So regardless, she changes her clothes. Again, she packs her car up and she hits the road. So now we cut to a boatyard and we come across this boat that is called the Triangle. So obviously triangle being the title of the movie refers to the boat, but there is also a different meaning behind that that I will explain at the end because it won't make sense right now. So we see this boat and we see a group of people getting on the boat. So the captain's name is Greg and then we see Greg's friends Sally and Downey who are a married couple and then Sally also brings along a friend named Heather, which Greg seems kind of upset by. He's like, I specifically told you guys not to bring anybody. Like, what is this about? Obviously, you can tell that they're like trying to set Greg up with this woman. So then we see Greg's boat hand, Victor, played by Liam Hemsworth, by the way, a young Liam Hemsworth, walk on to the dock and behind him is Jess and Jess just looks kind of like 
distraught and confused and Greg says, are you okay? And Victor just says, I don't think so. But regardless, Jess goes up to Greg and hugs him and just says, I'm sorry. Uh, she just seems like super odd and something's off and she just says like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just really tired. But everyone just moves on. They don't think anything of it and they set out to sail. And now we see Jess on the bottom deck, whatever you want to call it. She's taking a nap and while she's taking a nap, we see that she's having this dream and the dream seems to be her washed ashore a beach. While she's asleep, we see this conversation between Greg and Victor and Greg asks Victor about the harbor. Like, why did you say you don't think that she's okay? And Victor basically is like, oh, I thought she was supposed to be bringing her son. So I asked her where her son was and she just looked off to space for like 20 seconds and seemed like she didn't know. And then she just said he's at school, which is weird because it's a Saturday. So how is school open? And then Greg kind of like snaps back at Victor and is like, well, her son has special needs and he goes to a special needs school and it's open all the time. So mind your fucking business and be nice. So now Jess wakes up. She comes upstairs. She apologizes for sleeping. She's like, I didn't realize how tired I was. Meanwhile, this whole time, a big theme of this movie is the seagulls. So we see a seagull following the boat and Greg makes a comment like, oh, we must think it's a fishing boat. And then when Jess was driving to the harbor earlier, we also saw a seagull following her car. So that's going to come into play later on. Then we see Sally and Heather talking about Jess and Sally's honestly just being a downright bitch. Like she's talking about her son and uses the R word when describing him. And they're talking about how Jess is a waitress at this restaurant that Greg goes to and that's how he's met her but Sally doesn't want Jess talking to Greg because she wants Heather talking to Greg so there just seems like there's some tension and it seems like Sally very clearly does not trust Jess so they end up getting Jess to go over and talk to Sally and then Heather goes to talk to Greg but Heather just goes up to Greg and is just like yeah I'm not interested okay well I don't know why you're here but before that when Greg was speaking to Jess he was explaining uh about how he met Victor so Victor's this 18 year old boy and it turns out that he found him like sleeping behind one of the stores in the harbor because his parents kicked him out so he kind of took him under his wing and was like yeah you can stay on my boat with me whatever and then he also goes to ask Jess if things are okay with Tommy and Jess kind of just looks defeated and she says every day's the same and she says that she feels guilty when she's not with him at all times so everybody goes on they're conversing again Heather goes to talk to Greg but all of a sudden the wind completely stops absolutely zero wind in the middle of the fucking ocean like obviously we know that something's up and it's a sailboat but Greg's like don't worry we have an engine in case this happens like I've seen it happen before just not this suddenly so that's a little weird then Downey points into the distance and says is that normal and he points at this massive storm cloud that's coming directly towards the boat. So now Greg starts freaking out and he goes to call the Coast Guard to ask them if they've seen anything unusual and they say no, like there's nothing on our sonar or whatever that seems strange. And then all of a sudden they get this interference of this woman's voice saying, help me, she's killing everyone, they're all dead and she's clearly in distress. So Greg's trying to ask her like, what's your location? But the signal completely cuts out so he's not able to get any more information. And before you even know it, st the storm and these massive waves just come in and like completely overtake the boat. It's chaos. Victor's trying to cut the sail. Like Greg's trying to steer the boat. The rest of them are below deck, like with life jackets on, but the boat is filling up with water. So they're all struggling. And then eventually a wave comes and completely flips over the boat. So everybody's now in the water and eventually they all surface and they get on top of the now overturned boat, except for Heather. So Heather is nowhere to be found. And that's it for Heather, like RIP or I'm not sure. We don't see her again. I do have a theory about that that I'll get to at the end. So a little time passes. We have no idea how much, but now they're all sitting on the overturned boat and Jess looks obviously distressed and Greg goes up to her and tries to assure her like, 
Tommy's school is going to take care of him until you get back. There's nothing to worry about. He'll be fine. She doesn't answer and kind of just looks at him. And we kind of get the impression that she's hiding something. Like there's definitely something that she's not telling these people. So again, the water's now calm. They're kind of just sitting on this boat waiting for somebody to rescue them. But on the horizon, they see an ocean liner. So they're like, yes, thank God we've been rescued. They look on the deck of the ocean liner where they see the silhouette. So they, they know that somebody's on the boat and they're like, okay, good. We've been spotted. Like we're going to get on the boat. Everything's good now. So they go to get on the boat and Jess just seems super hesitant. Like we're not sure why everybody else is obviously like happy about this because they've been saved from the middle of the ocean. So they get on the boat and there's not anybody immediately around. So they start searching and they're walking through the corridors and we see this image from the back of the boat as the boat's sailing away. And then we see like the yacht or the triangle in the distance, obviously now empty, but still overturned. So again, they start walking around and Jess is just super uneasy. And she starts to say things like, I feel like I know this place. I recognize these halls. And Greg tries to just be like, well, all liners look the same. And Jess is like, no, that's not it. Like I know this place. And then they come across pictures of this boat from like its maiden voyage. So it turns out that it's called the Eolus and there's pictures as early as 1932. So it's pretty old and they go over some mythology. So basically Eolus was the father of Sisyphus, but he was also the god of the winds. If you're familiar with Greek mythology, you know that Sisyphus was the man who was condemned to push a boulder up a hill every day only for it to roll back down. And that was his hell, basically. Like he had to just live the same thing over and over and over and keep doing this to no avail. So they're talking about that and everybody's like, well, why was that his punishment? And Sally says, well, he made a promise to death that he didn't keep. So that was his eternal punishment. But then they're interrupted by the sound of keys jingling. So they go to see where the sound came from and they're investigating and they find keys on the floor and they go to pick them up and it's Jess's keys. Jess is like, I recognize these. This is my keychain. This is my house key. And there's a picture of her son on the keys. So everybody's like, wait, you had those on the yacht, right? So they had to get on here somehow. Like maybe Heather got on the boat. Sally's really the only one to think that Heather got on the boat because everybody else is like, there's no fucking way that she got on here before us. And like, why would she be hiding from us? So they keep exploring and now they come across this ballroom and there's a drum set that has this very specific symbol on it. It's like an A and an O kind of like overlapping each other. But they find this table full of like fruits and all this beautiful food. And they ask what time it is. And Greg says it's 1130. But then Jess goes to hold up her watch and compares it to this clock. And it says it's like, eight something. I don't remember the exact time, but regardless, it's not the time that Greg says that it is. So then Jess turns around and out of the corner of her eye in a mirror, she sees the reflection of somebody running by. So she looks at everybody else and she's like, hey, I just saw somebody that way. So Vic goes to chase them to be like, hey, what the fuck? Where is everybody? Like, we need help. Meanwhile, Jess is still trying to convince Greg, like, I'm having deja vu. I know this place and I'm worried about Victor. Like he ran off to go find somebody and I'm I'm nervous for him. So Jess and Greg continue to move on to explore and to try and find somebody. And now they hear running water. So they follow the room where the runner, the running, wow, what the fuck? I'm keeping that in because I think I just had a stroke. Anyway, they follow the sound of the running water and they come into this room and on the mirror in the bathroom, they see written in blood. It says, go to the theater. Tiny little Easter egg. When they go into this room, it's room 237, which if you know anything about The Shining, that is the room from The Shining. And there's patterns on the wall that kind of resemble The Shining carpet. So whoever made this movie is a big Shining fan. So anyway, again, this message was literally written in fucking blood. So Jess is freaking out and Greg's trying to calm her down and is like, oh, like, I know people who are crew on this 
boat. Like they probably are just bored and they're pulling a prank on us. It's fine. Typical fucking man in a horror movie. Am I right? So then we see Victor still kind of like wandering throughout the ship and now he hears a bang. So he goes to follow it. But back to Jess and Greg. Jess is telling Greg like, I'm really nervous about this. Something doesn't seem right. And Greg's like, it's all in your head. Ships don't just appear out of nowhere. Again, typical fucking man in a horror movie telling the woman that everything's right when clearly it's not right. So everybody's obviously split up at this point. So back with Sally and Downey, they, or Sally at least, sees blood on the floor and she goes to follow it. But as she's going to follow it, Downey's like, no, we're supposed to be going to the theater, remember? But like, we don't really know how they know to go to the theater unless they saw the same message written in blood, but they don't seem that nervous or that kind of like shaken up by the blood. But somehow they know to go to the theater. Jess, meanwhile, makes her way back to the ballroom because, again, she doesn't trust any of this. And that whole spread, that whole table of food that was like so beautiful and perfect is now all rotted. So as Jess is looking at that, like, what the actual fuck? Victor comes stumbling in and he is completely covered in blood. And Jess tries to approach him to be like, oh my god, like, what happened to you? But he just starts attacking her. He gets Jess onto the ground and starts strangling her. And this fight in ensues between the two of them, but Jess manages to like in self-defense get her hand behind his head where he has this wound and she puts her finger in it and he fucking keels over and dies. But before she's even able to process that, she hears a gunshot. So she runs to the direction of that and she finds in the theater is where it came from. And she walks inside to find Greg shot and Sally and Downey are kind of like over him screaming, crying. And then Sally sees Jess walk in and like attacks her and is like, Greg says that you're the one that shot him. And Jess is like, what are you talking about? Like, I was just in the ballroom. Like, Victor's dead. What is going on? And Downey looks at her and says, Jess, why did you tell us to come to the theater? And Jess is like, what are you talking about? I didn't tell you that. But before anybody can clear that up, gunshots start coming from the fucking balcony. And we look up and we see this mass figure with a rifle and it shoots Downey. Sally's trying to drag Downey away, but Jess is like, Sally, no, leave him. Like, we gotta go, we gotta go. And then it shoots Sally as well. So now it shoots at Jess, but misses. So Jess runs out and grabs a knife and there's this whole like chase scene and she's hiding and we just see this like terrifying figure it's in like this like kind of like michael myers jumpsuit i guess it's exactly that like the same kind of like dark blue and just this sack on its head with a rifle so jess runs to the top deck and she looks up and we notice that all the lifeboats are gone so like as if we didn't already know something was up on this boat something is fucking up on this boat she then hears footsteps running above her so we assume that that's the killer but then all of a sudden the killer comes out from behind her and fucking like knocks her out with the butt of the gun so she's on the floor she's looking at the killer and she's like please don't shoot me i have a son i have a son like i don't want to die and the killer goes to pull the trigger, but Jess kind of like skirts the gun off to the side so it misses and she gets up and she runs away. Jess takes this piece of metal and throws it in the opposite direction so the killer thinks that the sound's coming from over there, but the killer ends up fucking coming to get her anyway. She grabs an axe and she manages to fight the killer's gun away from it and she corners it. And then all of a sudden the killer is like on the edge of the boat and looks at her. And in a very familiar voice, the killer is telling her, if they board, you need to kill them all. It's the only way to get to your son and it is the only way to get home you have to kill them all and then the killer just like does a backflip off the boat and falls into the water and gets washed away but again we the audience realize that that was jess's voice that was coming from underneath that mask and the moment the killer's body hits the water jess looks out and sees the triangle coming back 
with the five of them on it. And we see from their perspective, them look up and see the silhouette like they did the first time. So that silhouette was Jess. So this is where obviously the time loop and the mind fuckery kicks in. So we're going to refer to the Jess that we've been with the whole time as Jess one. So Jess one goes to hide. She's obviously very fucking confused and she's hiding in the corridors and she hears Jess two say exactly what Jess one said initially. She's walking through the corridors and she's like, I recognize this place. And Greg's like, oh yeah, all ocean liners look the same. So Greg two is saying the same exact thing that Greg one said. And then Jess one rehears the whole like Eolus Sisyphus conversation. But as she's listening to them, her keys fall out of her pocket. So when they found the keys the first time, it was because they fell out of Jess one's pocket. So Jess one then hears water running again. And she goes to the room where she again sees that go to the theater written in blood. So now she's kind of trying to like subtly follow the group because again, she has no fucking idea what's going on. So the group's in the ballroom and Jess two turns to see Jess one running by the mirror. So when Jess one saw somebody, it was herself. Again, I know this probably doesn't make any sense right now, but I will explain as best as I can. So Jess one runs out to the deck where she looks overboard and she sees Downey's body floating in the water being like eaten by seagulls. And that's when she turns around and she finds Victor too. So obviously we know that Victor like went out looking for the person that Jess had originally saw in the ballroom. So Jess one is trying to explain to Victor too, like we don't have a lot of time, like everything's really fucked up. Greg was dead, but now he's not dead. Downey's body is in the water. But of course, as Vic goes to look overboard, Downey's body is gone. So Victor thinks that Jess one is Jess two, the one that he boarded the boat with. And he's like, you're just fucking crazy. Like nobody's dead. We're all in the ballroom. I just came to find somebody because I thought you saw somebody. And Jess is completely panicked. She's like, no, we never should have boarded this ship. This is all wrong. And she like, in again, a panic grabs Victor and like pins him against the wall. But when she does that, he impales the back of his head on this hook. So that's how he got the wound we saw him have the first time. And that's why he tried to strangle Jess. So Jess one panics and runs away and now we see her go into like the basement or I don't know what the fuck you would call like underneath a ship like where all like the crew stuff is I don't know but regardless she finds this set of lockers and like in front of the lockers is all these crumbled up pieces of paper so she goes to uncrumble one of the pieces of paper and it says if they board kill them all and it's just like hundred pieces of crumpled up paper that say the same thing so then she finds a blank piece of paper and she writes on it if they board kill them all and she realizes that they are all in her handwriting so then she looks up and looks into the lockers that are behind her and she finds a bunch of the jumpsuits that the killer has been wearing and also a bunch of the guns that he has been using. So then she looks down at the floor and she finds this grate and she sees something kind of shining from it. So she looks down and she's wearing this locket that has pictures of her son in it. And she notices that what's shining from the bottom is hundreds of her fucking lockets. And as she's looking at it in complete disbelief, the locket that she's currently wearing falls off and joins the pile. So now as the audience, we're starting to understand that She's done this cycle like hundreds of times. So now she's like, fuck it. So she puts a bunch of bullets in this bag and she takes a gun and she goes to the ballroom where she sees Victor too. And she's like, I didn't mean to hurt you. Like, I'm so sorry. And then she sees Jess too. So Jess one and Jess two come face to face with each other. And Victor two is looking at this and was like, well, holy shit, I guess you aren't crazy. But ultimately, Jess 1 is unable to pull the trigger and shoot Jess 2, so Jess 2 then runs away. But then Jess 1 looks at Victor 2 and is like, that didn't happen the last time. Like, I can change the cycle. Like, you attacked me, you tried to kill me, and then I had to kill you, but that didn't happen. So now Jess believes that she can completely change the cycle and that she can save everybody. So she goes to find Greg, but by the time she gets to the theater, Greg's already been shot. But this time, she manages to get Downey and Sally out of the theater before they are shot. And Jess 1 is now explaining to them, like, 
It's starting over again. We can change the pattern and we can get off this ship. And Downey and Sally are like, what the actual fuck are you talking about? They think she's gone insane. So Jess one now is like, stay here, take the gun. I'm gonna go find Victor and we are going to get the fuck off this ship. And as she's leaving, she tells Downey, don't trust anybody. So she goes back to the ballroom to find Vic, but she doesn't find Vic. All she finds is a bloody trail and she finds blood on the railing outside on the deck. And then she hears a gunshot in the distance and we see where the gunshot's coming from. And it turns out it's Downey shooting at a masked figure. But this figure unmasks itself to reveal that it is another Jess. So this one we're calling Jess 3. So Jess 3 goes up to Downey and Sally 2 and is like, if you want to live, you'll follow me. So Jess 1 starts calling for Downey and Sally 2 and Jess 3 is like, ignore it. That's not who you think it is. So Jess 3 takes Downey and Sally 2 into a cabin and then just immediately starts fucking stabbing them. So she stabs Downey to death and she stabs Sally, Sally in the stomach. But Sally is able to kind of crawl off and escape. So Jess 1 sees Sally like fighting for her life and tries to help Sally 2, but then Sally 2 sees Jess 1 and assumes that Jess 1 is Jess 3 who just stabbed her. So now she's running from Jess 1. I know, I told you it's a lot to keep up with. So then as Jess 3 is finishing off Downey 2 by stabbing him, she's like, I'm so sorry, but I love my son. Like I have to do this. So Downey dies and then we see Sally 2 making a run for it and she comes across this radio where she goes to make a distress call and that's fucking right it is the distress call that greg heard from the beginning when they were on their way there saying please help me she's killing everybody they're all dead so jess one continues to follow her sally continues to run and sally finds her way to the top deck and jess one follows her and we find that there are hundreds of dead sallies up here so once again just like with the paper and with the locket this cycle has happened hundreds of times before so jess is like now sally's completely cornered and jess one is like that wasn't me and sally's like no you killed downy and jess is like no that wasn't me meanwhile jess looks overboard to the front deck to see jess two kill jess three so jess one looks at a dying sally two and is like don't worry the triangle is going to come back and we'll get on it this time and we'll escape but sally can't hold on any longer and she she dies again because again there's literally hundreds of dead sallies so immediately upon sally to dying jess hears yelling and screaming and she looks out on the horizon and sees the triangle coming back for a third time now she realizes that once everybody is dead except for herself of course the boat comes back so the third group now comes back and she looks off the back of the boat and sees that she's too far from the triangle to get on it so she's like okay the next time that it comes back i'm going to be ready i'm going to get on it and i'm going to get the fuck off this boat and now she understands that the only way to make it come back is to kill everybody so the cycle starts again so now jess one is watching what we'll now call jess four talking to victor she impales him again that whole thing happens but jess one goes up to victor now three as he's impaled and bleeding and is like don't worry i know how to save you so jess one finds downy two's body in the bathroom the one that was stabbed to death and she drags him out and throws him overboard so that's how downy's body was in the water being eaten by the seagulls and then she uses the blood from Greg or Downey 2's body to write go to the theater on the mirror in blood. So the whole time we're just understanding how all of this has unfolded. It's always been Jess. So now Jess 1 goes back to the ballroom and tells Downey and Sally 3, oh, Greg wants us to meet in the theater. So the first time around when Downey was like, why did you tell us to go to the theater, Jess? It was Jess that told them to go to the theater, but it wasn't the current Jess. So then Jess 1 goes back to the basement where all the jumpsuits are and she puts one on and she also takes the sack that she puts over her head. And Jess 
one is now the masked killer. So she now follows Greg three to the theater where she corners him on the balcony and she aims a gun at him. And Greg is like, I'm so sorry. Like, we're just here looking for help. But then he looks down and notices Jess's shoes. So he's like, Jess, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why do you have this mask on? And Jess one is like, I don't want you to see my face. Like, cause this isn't me. And she makes a comment like, this isn't the real us. The real us is somewhere out there on the yacht. And then she says like, when it comes back the next time, I'm going to be ready. And Greg tries to beg her like, please, no, no, no. But she fucking shoots him and he spirals off the balcony. So now Jess one also shoots Downey and Sally three, as well as Jess four, who runs away again, just like the first cycle. So Jess one was able to escape the killer in the theater after Downey and Sally were killed. So Jess four escapes the theater and Jess one takes off after her. So now we see the same exact scene that played out from the first time, except now we know that the mass killer is Jess one and has been Jess one all along. So again, same exact shit. Jess one corners, Jess four has the gun to her and is like, no, please. I have a son. Jess one goes to shoot, but Jess four like swipes the gun. So it misses her. Jess four throws the metal thing, but Jess one knows it's a distraction because obviously she was the one that fucking did it in the first place. So Jess four then corners Jess one on the balcony and Jess one is the one that gets up on the railing this time and is like, please, like you have to kill them all. If they board, kill them all. It's the only way to get home. And then she flips overboard. And then suddenly Jess one wakes up on shore. So remember when she was sleeping on the boat on the way there before any of this happened and she had this dream about washing up on shore? That's exactly what happened. So she was having a dream of what was to come or what's already happened to her hundreds of times before. So Jess one gets up. She looks to the waves where she sees the jumpsuit that she was wearing being washed away and she starts to walk home. So she walks home. She looks in the window and she sees Tommy. She's so relieved. She's smiling. But then she sees Jess 5. Jess 5 is wearing that same dress from the beginning that Jess 1 was wearing before she got paint on it. And now we see how this morning really unfolded and the type of person that Jess really is. So Tommy is sitting at the kitchen table painting and he turns to the window and sees Jess 1 and gets startled. And when he gets startled, he knocks paint over. So remember how Jess was cleaning the paint in the beginning? Turns out she comes in, finds the paint knocked over and slaps the fuck out of Tommy and starts like swearing at him and just degrading him. And Jess one is watching, like remembering that this is how she treats her son and she looks regretful. But we hear Jess five telling Tommy like, yeah, your father is an asshole too, just like you. Like she's just saying horrible things to this kid. So like, Jess is a fucking abusive mother, it turns out. So Jess one rings the doorbell and then goes around back, goes to the shed, grabs a hammer and goes in the back door. And then we see we see Jess five come out, look at the neighbor and say, hey, did you see somebody ring my doorbell? So again, the whole fucking scene we're seeing from the beginning. So Jess one goes inside with the hammer, approaches Jess five and kills Jess five with this hammer, which Tommy witnesses the whole thing. So now we see Jess one hugging and consoling a crying Tommy being like, don't worry, it was just a dream. You just had a bad dream. It's the same fucking scene as the opening scene. So Jess one puts Jess five's body in the trunk and she drives off. So we see the seagull following her again. It's the whole same cycle. But this time we see that Tommy is in the car with Jess and Jess is like crying and she's looking at Tommy saying things are going to be different this time. Mommy's not going to lose her temper. Like that's not me when I do that. But as she's talking to him about this and Tommy clearly is like still in distress over seeing Jess one kill Jess five, a seagull hits the window and dies and there's blood all over the windshield. The windshield's cracked. So Jess goes to pull over. She grabs a piece of newspaper and picks up the seagull and she goes to throw it over this little cliff onto the beach and she looks down 
and there's hundreds of fucking dead seagulls. So this bitch is still in the cycle. It has not ended. So she gets in the car. She's completely panicked and she starts to drive away. And now Tommy's screaming in the back seat because there's blood all over the windshield. It's very high stress. It's chaotic. And Jess goes to turn around and look at him and is like, it's okay. It's okay. But as she's looking behind her, she gets distracted and swerves into the next lane where they are hit by a fucking semi-truck. The car completely flips over and the next scene we see is just this slow-mo shot of all these bystanders looking at Jess and Tommy's dead bodies. But Jess's dead body that we see is Jess 5 from the trunk, which we know because she's still wearing that paint-stained dress. Meanwhile, just a little Easter egg, there was like this band practicing in a field next to where the accident happened. So we see one of the bystanders is one of the drummers. And on the drum of this is that same AO symbol that was on the drums on the fucking boat. So then we see Jess 5 standing completely unharmed and just looking at the wreckage of this accident, looking at herself dead, looking at her son dead. And this taxi driver comes up behind her and the taxi driver says to Jess are you all right and Jess's first question to him she just says who are you and he says just a driver and then he makes a comment like no point in trying to save the boy and then he asks her if there's anywhere that he can give her a ride to and she says yes to the harbor so he drives her to the harbor she gets out and the driver looks at her and says I'll leave the meter running you'll come back won't you and Jess looks at him and very dramatically says Yes, I promise. So then we follow Jess one as she comes across Victor. Victor asks her where her son is and she looks off for about 20 seconds and finally says he's at school. And then Jess one becomes Jess from the beginning who approaches Greg and says, I'm sorry. And they board the yacht and the cycle continues and Jess one now becomes Jess six, I guess we can say. And the final shot is we just see a seagull flying overhead. And that's it. That's the movie. So if you're sitting there wondering what the fuck does this all mean, I would love to tell you. According to Greek mythology, the ferryman is the person who brings lost souls to purgatory. So we can consider that Jess and her son Tommy died in this car accident and the driver that she ran into is the ferryman who comes to deliver her to purgatory. This ferryman or the driver can also represent death itself. So remember Sisyphus, the guy who is doomed for all eternity to roll a giant boulder up a hill only for it to roll back down every single day. He just had to continue repeating the cycle over and over and over. Remember why they say he was punished that way? It was because he broke a promise to death. So at the end where we see Jess tell the driver, yes, I'll come back, I promise, when in reality she has no intention of coming back, that represents how she breaks a promise to death and she becomes Sisyphus who is doomed to do the same thing over and over for all eternity. Also, according to mythology um, and according to this book, The Rime of the Ancient Mariner, birds or seabirds specifically are usually good luck and killing one is usually seen as a bad omen. So before Jess died, she hit this bird and it died and that should have been considered a bad omen and she should have known that something bad was going to be coming. In the car crash, we see a little bit of her license plate, but the only number that we can make out on it is an eight, which that symbolizes an endless infinity that Jess is about to have to live through. Now, I told you I would explain the meaning of triangle also, because obviously it's the boat, but it's really something deeper than that. So as we know, again, like time is not linear in this movie. There are multiple Jesses on the boat. And really at any given time, there are three Jesses on the ELS. And those three Jesses represent a triangle. And one Jess's starting point is the third Jess's ending point, And they're just doomed to continue going in this cycle of this triangle for all eternity. 
so yes, we said that this is purgatory or that the driver delivered her to purgatory. But personally, like, I think this is hell. Like, I can't imagine just having to fucking live through this every day for all eternity and like how helpless that is. So to me personally, I believe that Jess goes to hell. And I really think it's hell because at the end of the cycle, she has to relive her guilt for being an abusive mother to Tommy. However, I think the others are trapped in purgatory and purgatory is represented by the Eolus. So I think the other characters who are trapped on the Eolus, so Downey, Sally, Greg, and Victor, I think that they died in a boating accident. And I think they all separately did something bad enough in their lives to to be worthy of purgatory. Now I said I had a theory on Heather. So I have a couple theories about Heather. Either I don't, I think Heather might've been like the sole survivor of the accident. And that's why she didn't end up on the Eolus and in this purgatory like everybody else. Or perhaps she did die, but she was just a better person than the rest of them and didn't have to be doomed to an endless purgatory. But regardless, this is one of those movies that every time I watch it, I have like a different theory about that or I catch on, like I catch on to something completely new. And I think the more you watch it, the more you understand it, especially if you can make that Sisyphus connection to Jess. So there you have it. I hope you stuck with me this long and I hope I explained it in a way that wasn't like entirely confusing. Again, I know like the whole movie itself is confusing, but I hope I cleared it up if anybody was wondering what the fuck it was about. So there you have it. Moral of the story, be good to your kids or else you are going to be doomed to hell for all eternity. So as always, thanks for listening. I'll have another episode coming out next Wednesday. Quite frankly, I have no fucking idea what it's going to be about. So we're going to find that out as we go. Um, But until then, follow me on TikTok and Instagram. It is horror underscore chronicles. I post on TikTok basically every day. And until next time, watch more horror movies and stay spooky, my friends.